Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. These guys at the Bible Project just do a tremendous job, and of course, we're partnering uh, with them as we go through the whole story. And so I'm trying to, to just really, you're going to see how this, well, you saw it there in the Shema, but you're going to see how this just connects into the gospel and uh, really God's family, us understanding sacred space and things like that. Let me read a few scriptures, then we'll pray. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, everybody say beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Exodus 3.14, we just saw that there on the video. God said to Moses, I am who I am. Did you know that there are over a thousand different names ascribed to God in the Bible? Why? Because God can be whatever he wants to be to whoever he wants to manifest himself. He's our wisdom. He's our redemption. And so that's because God is indescribable. There's, there's no human words that can attribute the appropriate value or uh, be able to describe him for who he really is. So he says, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Here's Jesus speaking in Revelation chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. He says, it says, behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. And here's Jesus. This is red letter in your Bible here. I am the alpha and the omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the almighty. Remember the sheen on the mezuzah, the Almighty. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we unpack some some deep concepts uh, today, the Trinity and, and how these things connect with us as your family, Lord, and 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 approaching you, Lord, and understanding, Lord, who you are. I just pray, Lord, I pray. Shema. (laughs) I pray that we would listen, that we would hear, that we would obey. Lord, open the eyes of our heart, Lord. Give us spiritual understanding, Lord. The natural mind can't understand the things of God, for they are spiritually discerned, but we have the mind of Christ. So I thank you for revelation, Lord, of who you are. Lord, revelation of your divine name, Yahweh. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. What is the gospel? I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Verses 1 through 4. I think that, you know, many theologians would agree with this. You know, if you go through all the things that the apostles preached and the different parts of scripture and things like that. This is by far the most clarifying statement, okay, that is made by the apostle Paul on what his gospel is. How many of you know it's important for us to understand and preach and live out the gospel of the kingdom? 
that Jesus preached and Paul preached. But what I want to submit to you today is I think there's a massive component missing to this in our understanding and how we process what the gospel is that is absolutely crucial if we're going to understand who our Savior is. So look what Paul says here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. So here's Paul saying, I'm reminding you of the gospel that I preached, okay? Which you received and in which you stand and by which you are being saved if, if you hold fast to the word that I preached to you unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. So he's saying, this is the gospel that I preach, and he's going to sum it up. Watch this. That the Messiah died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. Everybody say scriptures. Okay, what scriptures? Well, there wasn't a New Testament yet. So what scriptures did the Apostle Paul preach the gospel from that revealed that the Messiah was going to die for our sins. The Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. Okay, look, he died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. Then he was buried and raised on the third day in what? In accordance with the scriptures. So we didn't, he didn't have, we didn't have the New Testament yet. Paul is talking about the scriptures. It's the same thing in the book of Acts, how the believers uh, followed the doctrine of the apostles, where what was their doctrine? It, this was it right here. It was showing Messiah or Christ as the fulfillment of the promise of the deliverer to Israel and all the nations through the Hebrew scriptures, through what we call the Old Testament, okay? Now watch, this is crucial. Look at verse three. Is it still up there? Is it underlined? Watch this. First thing, first word in Paul's gospel, that the Messiah, Greek translation, Christ. In fact, let me give you a, a definition. Put, do we have the definition of Messiah up there? So people, I don't want you to be confused. Does everyone know that Christ is not Jesus' last name? Do we know that? Okay. Christ is the translation of the same Hebrew word, Mashiach, okay? Messiah in Hebrew, Mashiach. It means chosen one anointed one. The Greek translation would be Christ or Christos, okay? Now look at the Messiah. What, what is, you know, Messiah, what, what does that mean? Is it up there? The promised savior and deliverer of the people of Israel prophesied in the Hebrew scriptures. Everybody say Old Testament. Prophesied in the Hebrew scriptures that will come as king. Jesus will be king very important right here. Through the line of King David, the tribe of Judah, there's all kind of things tied up into that, okay? So this is what Paul was proving through the scriptures and showing through the scriptures right here that what the Hebrews would say, Yeshua HaMashiach, or Jesus Christ, as we say, 
Okay, the chosen one, the anointed one, the promised savior and deliverer of the people of Israel that was prophesied about in these scriptures through the line of King David from the tribe of Judah. He was born of a virgin. He died for our sins. He descended into the earth and then he rose again in newness of life. And if you follow the, the kind of the rest of that, he says, you know, he was seen by these, it gets into testimonies of people who saw uh, the risen Jesus walking around. But here's what I want to submit to us today. Look, go back to the scripture. Here's the first thing. Here's the very first word in the gospel. The Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one, the prophesied king, how can we understand the gospel if we don't understand who Messiah is, who Messiah was, and who is the Messiah that will come? How can we understand who Jesus is, who King Jesus is, who the Messiah is, if we don't understand who the Messiah was? How can we know what our family is about if we don't understand who Messiah was, who was, who is, who is to come? You saw the definition of I am. I was, I am, and I always will be. You saw what Jesus said about himself in Revelations. Who is, who was, and is to come. That's the chosen one. That's the Messiah. That is the gospel. So let me give you a definition of the gospel, okay? The gospel is the whole story of King Jesus. Do I have that up there? The gospel is the whole story of King Jesus which of course the pinnacle of that was him dying for our sins and rising from the grave and watch this we, we leave this out he died for our sins he was buried he went to the lowest parts of the earth the lowest domains he rose again we leave this out and then he ascended. He ascended, watch. He ascended all the way back up to where he came from, which is the throne. Now, can I just talk to you a little bit about who our Messiah, I think we were thinking, we always kind of, when we think of Jesus, we think of Messiah, we think kind of like, it kind of starts with the manger. Like it's the nativity. We celebrate in Christmas and, okay, Jesus was, was, was born. Well, yeah, he, he took on human flesh. Let me tell you something. Jesus is the eternal God. He has no beginning and end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is preexistent. He is eternal. Oh, Jesus was here long before that baby showed up in a manger. I'm telling you that right now. But we have this idea in the West that, oh, you know, you know, there's this kind of, you know, kind of angry God in the Old Testament, you know, and yeah, we know Jesus was preexistent with the Father, but Jesus kind of on a throne, kind of behind the Father, 
while this, you know, all these things are happening and judgment and different things like that. And then finally, you know, God sends Jesus. Jesus is born. You know, and now the nice part of God is here. Here comes the nice part of God, his son, to save us from the wrathful God of the Old Testament. Do you understand how twisted that is? Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus said, I was, I am, and I will be. Look at this. So who was? Who was Jesus? Who was Messiah? We have to understand that before we can contemplate anything else. Look what John says. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. Look at this. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. I wish I could show you all this. We don't have time. Maybe I can do it another time. You know the very first word of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, because they don't put in the E and the the and the A and all that, is beginning. Bereshit. It starts with a B, the bait, the bait of the fathers that symbolizes the house of the father. In that first word of the Bible, beginning, you can see the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. You see God, literally look, he was in the beginning with God. He's literally in the Hebrew word for beginning at the very beginning of our scriptures. Look at this, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Who created Adam and Eve? Who created Adam and Eve? <laughs> it's not. Yeah, you could say Yahweh, you could say the Trinity, why? Because as we prayed in the Shema, in that prayer, hear, O Israel, what? The Lord our God is one. But what I'm going to show you today is watch. Every time that God encounters humanity in Scripture, when God encounters humanity, when he's on the earth in Scripture, when he appears as the angel of the Lord, that's a different title than angel. That's not a created being. This is speaking of Jesus here. Every time he engages man in any way on the earth, it is Jesus. Jesus who was, who is, and who is to come. He is the Almighty. Watch this. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Who created Adam and Eve? Yes. Yahweh, yes. The Trinity, yes. God, but yes, Jesus. All things were created by him and for him. I know the Trinity is a deep concept, but don't worry, we're gonna, we're gonna, get, we're gonna get some handles around it. Are y'all ready? Look at Colossians 1, 15, 18. He is the image of the invisible God. Do you know what that means? Anytime God came into the earthly domain where he had an image of his invisibility, it was Jesus. When we see an image of God, when we see God take on form, it's Jesus. 
Jesus told when he was debating the Jews and they were saying, you know, hey, we're Abraham's seed and all this kind of stuff. You know what Jesus said? Before Abraham was, I am. You know what he was telling them? I am Yahweh. I am the divine being. I am the almighty. I am who was, who is, and who is to come. I was, I am, and I always will be. I was with God. I was God. I am God. Jesus is Yahweh. One God, three distinct persons. Look, the firstborn of all creation, that speaks of him taking on human flesh. Remember the word firstborn, it doesn't, that doesn't mean Jesus was a created being. In fact, it says the opposite of that. But firstborn in the Bible can also be used not just of order, but of the preeminence. In other words, we're, it's what we talked about in first fruits, okay? He was the firstborn in the sense of, 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 of the process of redemption. And so, because Jesus is the firstborn, he's the firstborn among many brothers, and sisters, that's why I talked about this in my encounter and that's why when we unite with Jesus, you're gonna realize, yes, he's God, yes, he is, he's far, he is high above, he is holy, but he, he treats you as an equal. You've, you, you, for me, I never had a big brother. He was like this perfect God big brother. You're gonna sense that. That's why we are gonna rule and reign with him. It's part of his family. Look at this. For by him all things were created. Were Adam, are Adam and Eve a thing? Is this blowing y'all's mind or y'all like, we are, I know this, I know all this stuff. You gonna get somewhere? <laughs> For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Look, visible and invisible. Jesus created everything, the universe, the being God, if you want to say the Father. Do you understand, just for, the, just for him to lower himself to communicate with the humans, are you following me? Like what we see... Look at this. All things look. He is before all things. He didn't start being born in a manger. And I believe that the reason that we treat him as common, that we don't ascribe him the value that he deserves is, I believe it's because in this Western mindset, we have this idea that it kind of all starts in the manger. I want to tell you it all started before there ever was a start. I want to tell you that he created the universe. I want to tell you that he is the visible image. Anytime there's a visible image of the invisible God, that is Jesus, that is Yahweh. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he's the head of the body, the church. Look at this. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Look, that in everything he might be preeminent. 
Let me explain this to you. Jesus is God. Jesus is Yahweh. Yes, one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons, but watch. <laughs> okay, you're watching? This is perfect. I've got 12 minutes left. Watch. Let's go to pre-existent. That's why God says he's I am. He doesn't, he, God is not lonely. He is self-sufficient. He doesn't need any of us. That's the amazing thing about his love. What is man that you're mindful of him? Pre-existent, right? Bam. God speaks the world into existence. Now he's on the throne, all right? He is on the throne. Jesus is on the throne. Now we have our story, our story of redemption and the redemptive narrative of man. So watch, Jesus is on the throne. Here's what he does. He descends. There's Adam and Eve, creates them, then there's the fall. Now there's all kind of sin. Now God is appearing. When Abram has a meal with God, when God calls to him from the tent, that is Jesus. Anytime God, Yahweh, the highest, takes on a form that humans can see or encounter, this is Jesus. The burning bush. Here comes Moses. What does Jesus say? Jesus is the burning bush. He's the consuming fire. He repeats the same thing that he said. And John, when he told the Jews, look, before Abraham was, I am. He's repeating what he said in Exodus in Revelations, who was and is and is to come. He's the burning bush. In Exodus, when Moses approached, you know what he says? He says, take off your shoes. Moses, you, when you approach me, you do not treat me as common. I'm going to bless you. I'm for you, but you do not treat me as common. That's Jesus. Okay? I'm going to say some things. And I want, you, I want you to receive them. I want you to understand. I want you to receive them in love, okay? I'm just going to walk you through this. All those judgments in the Old Testament. Who brought those judgments? Jesus. Jesus was the commander of the Lord in the book of Joshua. Jesus was the one who rained down fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus was the one that brought all of those things, whether it was the plagues, Exodus, all the way up to things in the prophets. Anytime God took on any type of visible form or demonstration that engaged the earthly, the earth and humans, that is Jesus. Jesus is Yahweh. Yes, Yahweh is the Trinity, Father, Son, 
Holy Spirit. But we have to understand when it comes to the story, anytime the invisible God took on a form to interact with humans, that's where we see Jesus. And Dr. Heiser, there's a ton of, every, every scholar would agree, every intellectually honest scholar would agree with what I'm saying. The problem is we know it here, we don't understand it in a reality. So we disconnect the whole story of King Jesus and we kind of start where he shows up in a manger. You have to understand who the Messiah was, who he is, and who he is to come. So there's Jesus in the burning bush. Watch this. I know I'm going up, but just imagine I'm going lower. And I'm going low. I'm to, he was on the, th on the throne in perfection, in glory. Created the universe. Now he's dealing with man. Then boom, boy, you talk about miracle. Now you talk about lowering yourself. Now Jesus shows up in the womb of a virgin as a seed. He created the universe. Have you seen how big that place is? And now he's lowered himself into the womb of a woman, a good woman, but a sinful woman. He's a seed, but he's an incorruptible seed of the divine nature. Now watch this. Now he's born, yeah? Now he's, this is the same God with flesh. <sighs> then he lives his life perfect. He shows us, Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Remember, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, uh, forever. Before Abraham was, I am. Here's Jesus. He's the express image of the Father. Now watch this. Now he comes, he dies. Can you imagine if you were in that scene? Can you imagine if you were one of the... <sighs> If you were one of the guys that, like he's going to the cross, can you imagine pushing Jesus? Could you imagine putting your hands on God and shoving him to the ground? The being that was on the throne that created all this, now he's being beaten, shoved around, he dies on the cross. There's, okay, so who was? Now he, Christ died, he dies on the cross. But guess what? He doesn't stop there. He goes into the lowest parts of the earth. He descends into Sheol. Campuses, you're not going to be able to see me. Okay. Watch, this is important. Your Bible's going to make sense after this. He descends into Sheol, into the lowest parts of hell. He dumps our sins. He sends sin back to where it belongs. He proclaims, watch. He proclaims that he is Lord, not only of heaven, not only of earth, but also under the earth. He takes the keys to death and hell. 
So Satan and the principalities and powers, they no longer have dominion over man. He goes to the lowest. If you could see me, I'm way down here in a corner. Where did he start? He started high, 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 high above on the throne. Where is he now? He's in the lowest part of hell. But is the sinless, spotless lamb, son of God, without sin, he deposits our sins there, and then guess what? He starts the ascent. He comes back on the earth. Many people saw him. Watch. And then, Colossians, then he ascends through the heavens. Watch. That's where it says he made a spectacle of the principalities and powers of the air that under Satan, because of our sin, they had a legal right to be here. Guess what? They don't have a legal right anymore. So watch this. Jesus ascends, he makes a spectacle. He goes to the lowest part of the earth and now he starts his ascent back to the heavens. You know what he's doing? He's gone to every domain. There's not a domain in heaven and earth that now does not belong to Jesus. There is no place in the cosmos and in the lowest parts of hell that he is not Lord of heaven and earth. So, his ascension, watch this. As he's ascending, guess what he's doing? He's filling all things. As the Bible says, reconciling all things to himself. That doesn't mean everybody will be forgiven. It means everything has been put in its proper order. He's ascending. He's made a spectacle over the principalities and powers. He ascends. He ascends. He ascends. He keeps going all the way up. And guess what he does? He returns to where he was who was and is and is to come, he returns to where he was, one with his father on the throne. And let me tell you, he's going to come again. And every knee will bow. See, he's reconciled everything to himself. That means everything's been put in order. And where order's restored, blessing is released. So you can bow now or you can bow later. You can be inside or you can be outside, but you will bow. I'm telling you, every single tongue of every man, every woman, every child, every single tongue of every principality and power and the devil himself will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of heaven and earth. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Yahweh. Come on, can you give your God a hand? Come on. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. I'm going to close. So watch. We're his family but he has his special place in the family. 
So here's, this is so, so important. Because he's uncommon, we're uncommon. You belong to him. And what we're going to unpack in the coming weeks is how to operate from the place where he is. As he is, so are we in this world. How to operate from a place, watch, of understanding that you're not common, and I'm not just talking about morality. If we reduce God, if we reduce Jesus to the enforcer of morality, we have made him so common. You've made him a cosmic principle. It is so much more than that. When we worship God, watch, when we worship God, okay? I could get into all kinds of things about the encounter with Moses and sacred space and things like that. When we approach God, watch. What's happened in the West is we've made worship about the experience of the worshiper. Instead of making worship about ascribing value to the object that we worship. Now watch, I'm not saying this in a negative. This is, these are all, this is all good and they, they blend together, but here's what I'm saying. When you come to worship, like for the ancient Israelite, if, if you said, you know, we wanna have a good experience when we worship Yahweh, that would have been a foreign concept to them. They would, what does it matter if I like the song or don't like the song? What did the, the whole point of worship is the object of our worship and ascribing honor and value to him. Then watch this. As we do that, guess what? Here comes the reciprocation. We don't need to tell ourselves that we're not in fear. Watch this. We just need to be in awe of the one who has, is over all fear and is over all. And somehow as we do that, he's gonna give us peace for the fear that we're carrying. Are you following me? So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just declare right now over your people. And for this week's reading, Lord, help us begin to step in, Lord, to know you. Messiah Jesus as who was, who is, and who is to come, the Almighty. Lord, help us to ascribe honor and value worthy of your name. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.